You're listening to the Canned Air Podcast, your sidekick in the quest for knowledge, power, and entertainment. So strap yourselves in and prepare for victory! everyone, and welcome to another episode of Candare, your tribute to comics and pop culture. I'm Jeremy Cowley. I'm Jack Doherty. I'm Jake Runyon. I'm Abby Potter. And joining us today, we have uh, television and comic book writer and also fellow podcaster John Ward joins us today. Thanks for being with us, John. Thank you for having me, guys. Uh, we got a good show lined up for you today in our retro roundtable. We're going to be talking about the Jurassic Park franchise. It's about damn time. I would think yeah. so. With Fallen Kingdom uh, <laughs> yeah. right around the corner, mm-hmm. I think it's time we Ready talk to take us dinosaur. all through a journey of disappointment. Yes. Purpose, <laughs> greed. Yes, as much as I hate to admit. Hey, it's going <laughs> to suck. But we're going to have fun talking about it. Yep. That's what matters. I'm still going to go see it. Oh, oh yeah. Go it's like it's already got my money. Yeah, yeah, for sure. For sure. Then in the uh, comic vault, what do we have to talk about, guys? You heard of Watchmen? Legacy <laughs> 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 control. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> fucked me up. I'm sorry. sorry. Legacy control? Yeah. And it's nothing, well, of course, it's probably going to be nothing that you would think it is, because it's totally not what you think it is. Okay. I Fair don't enough. know what you might think it is, but it's not that. <laughs> I've just disregarded what I thought it was, there so I can't even answer. Just throw it away. Okay. Fair enough. One of the books we'll be talking about there, and then we're going to turn our full attention over to John and talk about the comic Scratcher, which looks to be pretty damn Absolutely. cool. Mm-hmm. Pretty damn cool. So, before we do all that, Jake. It's that time, everybody, where I tell you, even though my body is in open rebellion, my nasal passages are fighting me every breath, go to Twitter. Follow us, retweet, please, while I still have time on this earth. We are at CannedAirPod, and on Instagram, we are at Canned underscore Air. I, I pour my heart out into those tweets for you, wrestling with character limits, finding new material. The least you can do is, you know, follow the show or something. Also, we're on Patreon, so if you like what we do, throw a couple of bucks a month our way. Hit that $5 mark or more, and you have access to the Patreon-exclusive Founders Club podcast. They kind of owe us, right? Come I on. think so. <laughs> <laughs> that was a joke. You don't. You don't. But, but, but give us some money. But you do. But you do. Yeah. And uh, what else we got? What else we got? Uh, just really quick before we go on, a uh, big thanks to everyone who put on the Columbus Podcast oh, Festival yeah. this yeah. past, uh, what was it, May, what were the dates? 12th. 9th through the 12th? 18th? Yeah, they had 12th. A big... Oh, I, I have a calendar. Okay, that'll what? work. Sorcery. 10th through the 13th. Pardon me. But, uh, yeah, we had our show on the Saturday, the 12th, and it was a lot of fun. It was. Yep. I couldn't believe how well we did. I thought I did great. So, um, not to sound conceited or anything, but we just got We were amazing. We're better than everyone. (laughs) I I thought for a minute we would get up there and just start, you know, uh, 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 you know. Hi, I'm canned. I I can't do this. And they just run off stage or something. But, no, we, we, uh, boy, I was really proud of us. Mm -hmm. So, with the tablecloth made it hard for everyone to see that my legs were shaking so that's cool <laughs> or our balls <laughs> yeah, that's why I didn't wear shorts I'm like you know what they need to pay a little extra for that kind right. of but we leave the one out on the one pant leg so. <laughs> yeah there you go <laughs> but we have uh, the audio and video of that so we're going to be releasing that as an episode I'm not sure exactly when yet but fairly soon and Jack's going to be putting that up on YouTube this should be up by this weekend there we go Awesome, I can't wait to see it. Well, let's just kick it off with this week's Retro Roundtable. I am the black in the night. That's like dinosaurs. Dinosaurs, indeed. We're going to be talking about the Jurassic franchise, like I said, because of uh, Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom coming out, which looks like it's probably going to be a little bit of a hot mess. But <laughs> the Jurassic, the first Jurassic Park has got to be my all-time favorite movie. I think oh, it yeah. probably always will be. Nothing's come in and beat it yet. So I feel like I can always re-watch that one. I can't yeah, re-watch like, two and three, kind of. but like... The first one, one, if it's on, I watch it. I can't I just watch, watch it the other day. Three. Let alone rewatch. Yeah. It's kind of hard. I'm glad I never watched three or I think, two, I think. I think I watched like five minutes of it and I was like, I'm going to watch SpongeBob. <laughs> <laughs> what about you, John? 
Uh, I'm I'm with you. I'm, I'm a big fan of the first one. Uh, I actually liked the last one too. Uh, it was a lot of fun. I'm not, not sure like I would watch it too many times. It's not. I don't think it's a movie I can keep coming back to. Are you talking uh, about the first one. third one, or are you talking about Jurassic World? Uh, Jurassic World. Yeah, that's the one I, yeah. I I meant. Now that one was fantastic. Yeah, yeah I like that one. I love that movie. And I think what made that, and I think it broke some box office records. Maybe that Avengers have like now oh, probably yeah. beat them, but yeah, I think so. Um, yeah, they had set some records at the time, and I think what really made that movie work, at least for me, is the fact that you were getting to see after all these years the park open and functioning. That's that was the best part. The, the promise of that was and Chris everything. Pratt's sweaty, bulging biceps. <laughs> no doubt. <laughs> that definitely helped. <laughs> but yeah, seeing the park uh, open and running and looking to be somewhat successful there for a short time before yeah. all hell breaks loose. But yeah, I think this next one, and I've heard other people say this, so I'm not saying anything prolific, but it's just a rehash of the lost world. Right. It's what's the point? Yeah, I, I guess we have to wait and see though, because it's still it's kind of tricky to tell from the trailers alone, and you know, so I, I will give it the benefit of the doubt. I do think that, you know, I would have liked to see, uh, you know, a whole park full of kind of like giant Jeff Goldblums, maybe. I think that could have been oh an interesting God. way to go. Um, I would move I, into maybe the theater. <laughs> yeah, maybe the it'll have redeeming qualities because Jeff Goldblum's in this one. I would like yeah. to think so, but. The little clip I've seen of him, he looks kind of senile. Like he's kind of playing a senile Malcolm. Like he's. Oh, that's a bummer. I mean, I could be wrong, but he's just like sitting in a court, staring straight ahead. Like it's gonna become a Jurassic World. It's gonna happen. It's my nature finds a way. You PTSD know, like, from the first time around. Well, yeah, but these fuckers keep going back for yep, some in reason. In the middle you know? of having a stroke in the court or something. <laughs> Dinosaurs all smell like almonds. I don't understand. <laughs> <laughs> Apartments.com. I absolutely love Jeff Goldblum. Oh, he was great. great as the Grandmaster uh, in uh, Thor Ragnarok. Uh, oh, Wonderful. he was awesome. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I'm, I'm excited he's going to be back. And you know, I think that was, uh, they kind of brought him back to maybe help lure some people back. Mm-hmm. Look, an original oh, cast sure. member. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But uh, it worked. Except for Dr. Oh, oh, um, oh yeah. Uh, B.D. Wong's character. I can't remember his name, yeah. but, uh, yeah, he was in the first one, too. Yeah. What oh, the... was he? Yeah. Yeah. He's, he's OG. He's like, he's like a villain now. Yeah. yeah, he's turned into a dick. I keep wanting to say Hannibal Chow. That's Ron Perlman <laughs> from Pacific Rim. So. No, as soon as we are done recording, it'll hit me like a ton of bricks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Goes. Damn it. Anyway, uh, so I'm, I was going to go around the table asking what our favorites were, but I think it's quite obvious Jurassic Park and Jurassic World are the <laughs> yeah, favorites yeah. here. I, I, uh, think... but, but I was going to say, uh, what, what do you think uh, is it that about like um, Lost World though uh, that that doesn't work for you guys? Um, you know, um, the, I mean, the concept. Now, this is, I mean, what worked for me was the concept of people coming in trying to get these dinosaurs, take them off the island. I mean, that's that would totally happen. It just seemed like uh, less practical effect and more computer animated graphics, which. I don't know. At the time, they, it's not like they looked bad, but you can definitely tell. And it doesn't hold a candle to the first movie that yeah. had, you know, the full... That T-Rex was a puppet. Yeah. yeah. Mm. And, yeah. you know, even beyond that, I think there's this hard-to-define quality that a lot of sequels have where, like, you remember the first time you tried your favorite flavor of ice cream, you're like, oh, my whole world is different now. Right. This is incredible. And you go back next week to get the same thing, and you're like, yeah, it is. it's good. You know, yeah. it's just having so much of a good thing. Even if the sequel is solid, you're still just like, yeah, sure. The best way I can describe my feelings towards it is kind of like when you watch like a Disney princess like sequel that looks like straight to DVD okay. or something oh. like that. It's just like, it's, it's still okay, feel. but you're just like, Oh, yeah, it's it, not. They didn't put as much effort. It's trying to capture of. lightning in a bottle again. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it's usually full of the same one-liners and little quirks and stuff that they just repeat over and over. Mm-hmm. Usually, but I, I almost wonder if it's not even their fault. If that's just the nature of sequels, you know. I think I, it is. And you know, I, I gotta say, I think the best sequel of all time is Aliens, because it was a genre, a genre switch. Yeah. Alien was this tense cramped survival horror experience aliens was an action movie yeah you know and it totally fucking worked Mm -hmm. i think that's what you need to avoid that slump is you need to pivot you need to take a familiar setting 
and introduce unfamiliar events. Right, and that was a big problem with, with the Child's Play movies. You know, the first yeah, three movies were so much you can do horror films. You know, and though they looked ridiculous, you were still <laughs> coming at it from the victim's perspective, and you didn't get a full reveal of the yeah, doll yeah. till later in the movie, where they then switched to comedic, yeah, you know, right. horror comedy, and you're you're yeah. riding along with the dolls, and it doesn't work. It does not work. Freddie kind of did that too. He, I mean, he yeah, always had a little bit of jokes here and there, but. It wasn't as serious as they went It worked on. Right. so yeah. well for Freddy at first, and then yeah. they leaned into it too hard. You know? Some of his jokes are just priceless in those first <laughs> movies. They just, to this day, catch me out. What else we got here? Um, you know, you mentioned the seeing Hammond's vision realized. Yeah. That was what brought me into the theater for Jurassic World. Yeah. It was like, I had a friend who said, like, he always has more fun watching Jurassic Park before the dinosaurs start killing people. Right. Because you see that world and you're like, oh my God, if I want to really be a part existed. of this. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. And I think in Jurassic World, they did a good job, present, maybe with the exception of their magical all-terrain hamster balls. They did a pretty good job <laughs> presenting it. Yeah. Yeah. In a way that that makes sense from like a modern world business standpoint. Sure, I know it was like just a, a, a shitty corporate tie-in, but seeing the Margaritaville there, yeah, there's there would be a Margaritaville at Jurassic Did World. Did you see what else was there? <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, the Messiah, your boy, Mr. James Buffett himself, running to make <laughs> yeah. sure he didn't spill his margarita. He's got his priorities in order. I think he had two. Uh, he sure did. Did he? Yeah. 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 He knew he was going to be held up a while. Mm-hmm. And I tell you what, that I, I don't know the names of any of these creatures, so I apologize. But that gigantic ocean-bound apex predator yeah. thing, <laughs> eating, what was that, like a great white shark? Sure. Mm-hmm. The most illegal, horrible thing you can feed to another bigger monster. But I love that. Yeah, that it was just, sweet. That was the kind of spectacle I would have given anything to see. So seeing that sort of thing, I was like, all right. Even if I don't like the second half, I know I'm going to be down for the first half of this movie. <laughs> and the Jurassic <laughs> World theme park could be responsible for the extinction extinction of the Great White. Oh, because sure. think of how many shows a day they have. <laughs> yeah. Oh, geez, yeah. <laughs> you know, if you put the Great White out there every time. And then their facility breaks down, that thing gets loose, and nothing's ever the same. So there goes the ocean. Well, that picture of... Um, or excuse me, that shot in the trailer with the wave, the surfers on the oh, wave, I and you see that thing riding yeah. through the wave. Oh my god, that looked creepy. But yeah, so that thing does get out then. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, every it looks like everything comes to mainland. It's just I'm not buying the trailer. It's like remember the vault, or excuse me, the island that we narrowly escaped with our lives. <laughs> yeah. Let's go back to save a bunch of shit that's going to try to kill us again. Yeah, on an island that's about to blow up beneath our feet. Okay. It's like, oh, but Blue still remembers you. She she doesn't. No. She, that she, whole thing she, about the whole team up with Blue is what is super killed it for me. I was like, come on, yeah. really? We're gonna turning it into friend adventure. I was able to roll with what happened at the end of Jurassic World. How like, you know, in that moment, he didn't yeah. attack, sure. but yeah. to leave and then come back and have him just like come up like a puppy and like rubbing on him and shit. And, I mean, What's that's what the I that, movie with, with Tom? It was like Turner and Hooch or something. Yeah. <laughs> trying to make yeah. it into like a buddy cop dog movie. Yeah. I, I think you're right. Yeah. Holy shit. I'll probably watch that though. <laughs> yeah. Oh man. Turner Chris and Chris Pratt riding, riding around on a raptor kind of solving crimes. I think that would be that'd be pretty cool. That'd be amazing. It'd be a lot better than whatever that. we're going to get. That'd be hilarious <laughs> to announce that raptor in the movie. Oh, dude. Do you think? I hope so. Uh, I don't know. I don't... Then he jousts a T-Rex with a tree. <laughs> <laughs> I can't imagine. I would kill to see it. But... At the same time, I have a, like, just hearing that, like, that fits what I'm assuming is going to happen in this movie. <laughs> it's it's not so see. far-fetched. The... Yeah. And then when it comes to DVD, you see Chris Pratt riding on a fucking green-screened ostrich or some shit. <laughs> <laughs> An ostrich in a green suit. Oh, boy. <laughs> or he's just, like, on his buddy's back, like, let's get out. Right. Holding right, a machine gun in one hand, a flag <laughs> in the other. Oh, God. Yeah, I'll just yell, America! <laughs> <laughs> Oh my god. Um, let's see. What else? What about video games? Jurassic Park video games. I think I played, tried playing the one for the second movie, and I didn't get very far. I was just like, this is trash. I'm yeah. Have we take it back to the store. I feel like maybe there was a time we spent a long while talking about Trespasser. Mm. Oh yeah, we did because uh, we had uh, Derek Davis on the show. He yeah, took, yeah. He took that game and took all the, uh, was it John Attenborough? 
Yes. yes. He took all his uh, clips, which were his memoirs of before the park and like how he acquired the island, how he got the funding, and up to breeding that first raptor, and took all that audio and made an hour, hour and a half long thing called Jurassic, what was it, Time? Time, yeah. Yeah, the m- memoirs of John Parker Hammond, and it's for free on the website you can go to. We'll have to link it. It's incredible, yeah. I can't remember off the top of my head, and it's also on YouTube, but yeah, it's all free, and it's, uh, it's like about good his, listen. his son finding mm. the memoirs and him After listening his death. to it. Yeah. 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 What it's a really cool. good. It's really good. Beautiful, wonderful misfire that game was. That just had so much about it that's incredible still. I still want to find the remastered that people are working on. Yeah? Yeah. Dude, I'll be there when it happens. And what Derek did, I mean, I think outshines what the game, you know, legacy that ever was left. So, um, I don't know. I strongly recommend checking it out. It's really cool. Good listen. Uh, Has anyone actually read the original book? Yes. I haven't, and I'm ashamed because I love me some crazy Read? Oh, okay. <laughs> it's so good. Yeah, I've never read it, so uh, oh. I, I was just thinking about it. Maybe I should, you know, like well, to actually I mean, sort of go back to the source material. The first, the book, the first book is pretty much all the first three movies. Like mm-hmm. they tore the book apart to make all those movies. They pulled a Hobbit way back before that was even a thing. <laughs> yeah, like the the, like the big uh, bird av- aviary. Oh yeah, like that, that was yeah, the coolest yeah. part of that movie was the, the aviary structure. I was like, what? That's awesome. Oh, it's an enclosure for pteranodons right. or whatever the hell. There's like a whole scene where um, uh, Alan and the kids, they get in a like a dinghy and push themselves out into the middle of this body of water to escape a T-Rex. And the T-Rex just straight goes in the water <laughs> and starts swimming after them. And then, so they uh, they get going downstream and like the whole book, this thing is chasing them like along the banks of this river it's like relentless never lets up i actually read a fact about that earlier um that scene and whatever scene with like a pterodactyl in like the third movie was supposed to happen in the first movie yes but they decided to cut it it was a deleted scene they're like well let's just reuse it and they just yeah. did the same thing in the third well yeah there was a whole pterodactyl dive bomb scene that they had mm-hmm. uh, run out of the field uh but one of my favorite things about it was they couldn't find the raptors they couldn't find the raptors anywhere and spoilers, anyway, uh, this has been out for a minute. I was in sixth grade, I think, when it came out, so you've had your time, people. Um, they couldn't find the raptors or where they were breeding, and they eventually found them all underground. And the weirdest thing that they couldn't explain were, was that at certain times of the day, or they, they would see the raptors all standing perfectly still, facing the exact same direction. And they couldn't figure it out. Then they'd saw, see a bunch of them on the beach doing the same thing, just standing still, all the same direction. Turns out, because they're relative to the bird, you know they. Oh, that sort. They of, were wanting to migrate. Yeah, but yeah. But they couldn't. Right. They were on an island, you know. So that instinct is mm. just kind of misfiring, and they're yeah. like, "This feels right." This is, yeah, this is close <laughs> enough. Such a good book. Such a good book. Yeah. Now, I I was told, like I said, I, I hadn't read the book, but um, I was told at one point they addressed like the Velociraptor discrepancy, mm-hmm. where like actual. Velociraptors were little turkey-sized, colorful yes. bastards. Yeah, they did say something about yeah, that. I don't remember like, exactly, but I thought it was something basically that. Yeah, yeah, that it was like a colloquialism at that mm-hmm. point. They were really like Utah raptor or something, but like they were going to call them velociraptors because it's a tourist industry. Sure, it's not scary enough if they just look like yeah. little weird turkeys running around. Yeah, yeah, you gotta that's not them. a velociraptor. Really. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I know that little one with the frills on his neck was. Well, I guess he was kind of cute until the, the frills came. The Lophosaurus. Yeah, yeah. I, yeah. Um, yeah, apparently, like, in the book, he didn't have, like, the frills or anything. It was just made, like, just that spitting acid. That thing. I don't remember. Oh, it's, like, the one, like, with that fat tech guy. Yeah, was, Dennis Nedry. I mean, I know yeah. the senior's talking about it. Oh, I don't yeah. remember in the book and not saying that his thing didn't come up. Yeah, I think it just said, like, that it had, like, the spitting acid. Uh, Steven Spielberg is the one who created, who made did the, the frills, frills and, like, yeah. the sound on his Really? Neck. So that thing yeah. was never a real thing? No. Yeah, actually, the actual dinosaur doesn't have either of those traits. Really? Yeah. It's just a little dinky. It's been lied it's to. Just kind of hanging out there. It's not <laughs> cool enough. It's an awesome concept, though. Yeah. It's really cool. Did you guys learn in school that Stegosaurus had two brains? No. I feel like I did know oh. that, actually. Yeah. That they took, awesome. they, they're they, both like pea size, though, right? They're yeah, one in his head and then one in its tail. Well, they, they just, tail? that was a theory they were running yeah. with for a while, but they've just proved it since. Yeah, I remember oh, right looking up. into that a while ago, yeah. and I was like, wow, they, they changed their mind. Which is I weird because they quote that in Pacific Rim. It's like, Kaiju have two brains, like a dinosaur. I'm like, 
who fucking... <laughs> I tell you what I did learn when I was in fifth grade. Uh, I learned that all the dinosaurs that didn't go on to Noah's Ark died in the flood. Okay. Yeah. That was a book. Yeah. <laughs> Didn't tell you anything about dinosaurs. So that's the what? real extinction. That's, that's what really what happened. happened. I see. Floodwaters. Hmm. Dang it, Noah. I mean, if you put a T Rex and Raptors on your your ark, it's going to they're going to eat it's everything gonna else, right? Yeah. Well, yeah. Uh, I think Brontosaurus they took that name away. Oh yeah, so it was many... a misidentification. Yep. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Wow. yeah. It's funny too. Uh, Hollywood's take on the dinosaur, I guess, before the Jurassic movies came along. I guess there really wasn't one. I mean. Jurassic Park kind of solidified what the modern dinosaur yeah, you know, looks, yeah. looks like to us. I mean, I guess not a modern dinosaur, but I, <laughs> you know what I mean. I, I know what you're after. Until the, the, like the pop culture perception of thank the dinosaur. You, thank you. Yeah, all the way up until Jurassic Park came out, dinosaurs dragged their tails when they walked. Yeah, they like the T Rex, like almost like completely upright. Yep. Yep. Yeah. 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 I was what? thinking like Land, Land That Time Forgot was pretty much the only movie I remember kind of pre Jurassic Park that actually had dinosaurs in it. Mm-hmm. I love Land Before Time. Oh, Land of the Lost too. Uh, Land of the Eighties show. Was that was that the same thing? Is the Land uh, Land Before Time and the one that he mentioned? No, it's a different thing. But I heard weird. No, I I heard the same thing. I heard Land Before Time too, but then I was like, wait, he didn't say that. What's the movie you're speaking of? Yeah, I I I think I don't know. It's uh, I if it was a Land Land that. That time forgot or something. I, I don't know. Maybe oh, I'm. Black maybe I'm. Movie. It's got like yeah, the yeah, animation yeah. stop motion. Yeah. Kind of. Oh, the old old one. You always see the Tyrannosaurus biting the Stegosaurus. They're just. Yeah. I thought that yeah. was yeah. called Lost World. Is that not right? Mm-mm. No, that's a land time forgot. Really? Yeah. Yeah. How about Land of the Lost? Yes. I yeah I I watched the one in the nineties. I remember the Will Ferrell movie. No, no. There was a there was a Saturday morning oh, that, yeah, that's show right. in they the nineties that back. had. Yeah. And there was one before that, also way before right. that, with really bad special effects. Yeah, <laughs> I, I don't remember many dinosaurs in that one, except for like the one they took on as a pet that was just like no dinosaur we know, just like some little person <laughs> just, in a suit. You yeah. know? Yeah. It was like Gadzuki, pretty much. Yeah. Oh man, Gadzuki! <laughs> what a concept! <laughs> I tell you what, that that series had its moments. Yeah. It just you know, it was my easiest way to access the whole Godzilla roster of enemies. Right. Just blow smoke rings. Yeah. And oh man. <laughs> so that was the what the baby Godzilla that ran yep. around with the human characters, <laughs> yeah. right? Yep. Yeah. He surely can't be running around with a building tall monster, no. right? Well. <laughs> What else we got? Jurassic Park. Anybody? Uh, has anyone got any uh, dinosaurs that they'd love to see uh, in Jurassic Kingdom? Ooh. Ooh, boy. I hadn't thought about that. I would love to see, and I guess we kind of did in Lost World, but you never see much action out of a Triceratops. I would like to see That's a couple a Triceratops like fighting or something oh, like that. I'd like to see a Triceratops come out on top in a fight. Like mm. two bulls like going yeah. against each other. Yeah. I'd like to see it gore a different dinosaur. True. That'd be cool. Or uh, do they have the, um, oh, you know the one I always liked when I was younger? I think it's called, like, Pachycephalosaurus. With the dome? Yeah, they've got the big yeah. fryer t- tauncher. Yes. Oh, just, it's a super uh, hard bone that they stupid. ram the hell yeah. out of shit. Yeah. Every time they encounter something new, they smash it with their head first yeah. just to see what it's about. What about you, John? Uh, yeah, I don't know. That's a good question. I was thinking maybe um, those, uh, what I think they're called titanosaurs, uh, those like super massive uh, sauropods um, from South America. Uh, they lived in a different uh, era, though, unfortunately, so I don't really know if they could do it. But uh, I, I think that'd be pretty cool to see like just massive, super giant versions of uh, uh, like a brachiosaurus kind of thing. I yeah. think that'd be pretty interesting. That would be amazing. Just the sheer power and magnitude. Yeah. It reminds me, like, years back, we went to the wright Pad Air Force Museum that's not, you know, Place maybe a couple hours yeah. from here. And one of the big hangars on almost the entire ceiling is a deflated blimp. I don't know. Like yeah. Used in war. I don't remember what war it was used in. But the thing of this, the, the size of this thing is so massive that just being under it was frightening yeah for me like i had i was almost in a constant panic attack being under this thing because i thought 
the sheer size of that could just squish me Dude, like an ant. The first time I saw that when I was yeah. a kid, it, it gave me a, like a complex that sticks with me to this day. Exactly. I am deeply terrified of things that are overwhelmingly huge. I'm glad I have I'm not nightmares yeah. about it constantly. Like anytime I have a dream that really shakes me up, it's I have been small in the face of something colossal. You couldn't stop looking at no, it. No, like how like, uh-huh. can people make something that fucking big? Yeah. I would just be too afraid to even work on it. Be like, I'm gonna, it's gonna mm. hurt Look, me you somehow. You guys hold this one. <laughs> so to yeah. see something of that same magnitude that's actually a living, oh. breathing creature, I would die right there. Yeah, Ooh. you win. As as <laughs> yeah. beautiful as it would be, I'd have to take in the beauty as I ran away from it. Oh yeah, <laughs> <laughs> from like, like fifty miles away, like yeah. <laughs> yeah, binoculars. In Jurassic yeah. World, the thing that jumps out of the water, you get the magnitude. You get to yeah, kind of see exactly. That, that was my second choice. If it weren't for that already being. In Jurassic World. I love the uh, gigantic ocean predators. Yeah, mm-hmm. I'd have to sit in the splash zone of that show because I would certainly piss my pants. Oh, dude, <laughs> certainly. I'm rinsed off now. Thank <laughs> you. No one will ever know. I remember uh, uh, reading something. It's like someone gets swallowed up by that thing in Jurassic World, mm-hmm. and uh, the assistant. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. And I, I read some kind of thing. It was after the fact. They said uh, that particular creature. I forget its name. Uh, had like a subset of jaws behind its teeth. I can so see that. that. Like, yeah, the initial row of teeth. It wasn't like a shark where they went all the way back. It was like a ring of teeth. So they could tear out a chunk, almost like an alligator, and then it would be ground down by like the subset of jaws in the like throat. In the inside of the Yeah, throat. yeah, or it just entrance of the throat. Yeah. So that woman had a really, really horrible time. Well, I mean, wasn't she ta- tossed back and forth between some pterodactyls before? Oh, yeah, she yeah, was really beaten up. That was more terrifying than yeah, her being not... eaten, I thought. I mean, that was kind of, that was the first really disturbing thing I've ever seen in those yeah. movies, I thought. At that point, she was probably just ready to be ground up. Like, please so, kill you know me what? now. <laughs> Put me in the back throat jaws now. Just get it over with. All right. I think we've probably milked that for all we can, I, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And uh, we should make mention, though, like Jake said, uh, mentioned before the show about Margot Kidder passing away today, or yesterday, rather. See, I did the same thing. At 69, was she? Yeah, yeah. Which is not crazy old. No. 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 And having just happened, there's no no, uh, cause of death that's been released as of yet, so... It's hard to say, but, I mean, she was one of the first... I don't know if there were old Superman serials that had Lois Lane portrayals in them. Maybe there were. Yeah, the old black and white with... What's his name? Doherty. My last name. Yeah. What? Yeah, he did. There was a Superman with the last name Doherty? Mm-hmm. Really? Yeah, the original Superman black and white TV show. His last name was Before Doherty. George Reeves? Actually, that's what I was thinking of, George Reeves. I don't know why I threw my name in there. <laughs> that's, yeah, that's the one. <laughs> you obviously identify so strongly with Superman. That's what it is. <laughs> I can get me mixed up all the time. Well, but, you know, there was like old uh, Batman serials. So I, I imagine there had to have been some Superman yeah. of the same. It, the George Reeves one is what the you're one thinking I'm thinking about. Yeah. yeah, and I'm pretty sure they did have one. I forget what we were talking about now. That Lois, Lane. Lois Lane, thank you. <laughs> oh, yeah. But yeah, I think that was uh, probably the... Did they have Lois Lane in that old show? I'm pretty sure. Did they? i never yeah, seen it. Yeah, because they even had Jimmy, too, so... I just remember Don in like our very first episode of this show telling us about when he stopped in on I Love Lucy and asked to wrestle the children or something. Yeah. <laughs> Who wants to wrestle? Yeah. That's right. <laughs> Quite disturbing. Quite disturbing. <laughs> but... Uh, yeah. Let's switch gears. Let's switch gears. <laughs> Back to a more somber. In solemn remembrance. Sad moment here to remember Margot Robbie. I have nothing to say. Margot Kidder. Not Margot Robbie. Margot Robbie. See, I, that's how much of a fan I was. How much of a fan I was. I I'm, love, I'm glad she's not gone. Yeah. I just knew her as Lois Lane. Right, me too. Yeah. I, all I've ever been told is that she was... Maybe I shouldn't say that, but... She had some psychological issues that were... I think I heard that too. And at times dangerous. Yeah. yeah. I think like she had been uh like someone reported her like squatting in her back their backyard or something. Yeah, I don't remember yeah. exactly what the details were, but Oh, that's sad. These these don't seem like the best things we're talking about. No. In this <laughs> um, wow, this she was went a off the rails. Lady. Yeah. That's about as uh, sentimental as Candare gets, I think yeah. though sometimes. <laughs> we try our best. We really do, but uh it doesn't always come out the way we want. So Thank you for your portrayal of Lois Lane. I, I thoroughly enjoyed it. Those are great movies. Yeah. Great, great movies. And uh, you will be sorely missed. You All know right. what? Any death before 70 just seems 
wrong. Yeah. yeah. Too soon. I hear John like checking out right now. Like these guys are <laughs> assholes. <laughs> <laughs> Where am I? <laughs> well, you're not wrong. All right. Well, with that, let's just swing open the door to the comic vault. Who would like to go first this week? I'll go with mine. Do you, my strange name that you'll you never guess you what it's any? about. So mine is called Legacy Control. It's at legacy-control.com. Wait, first, should I tell you what I think it is? Go for it. C- computers. No. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) He doesn't have his last name, but his first name is Javis, kind of like Jarvis minus the R. Mm -hmm. And he, it's a, a, like a Sunday funnies type comic strip deal where he takes interactions between him and his wife and put it into cartoon mode. Pretty funny. I like that. Pretty ballsy. I know I would get in trouble if any of the stuff that I put on. My wife has big feet and talks too much. Yeah. (laughs) But, uh. I got one here that was pretty funny. He's got, remember the show? It was kind of like Married with Children, except it was different. Yes, Nikki Cox. Yes. Uh, Unhappily Ever After. Yeah, remember the the rabbit He's, that he had that he sat and talked? Well, yes. this guy's got it, his own rendition of that. And he's sitting there talking to his rabbit, and the rabbit says, Pop and bubble wrap is one of the most satisfying feelings. And he says, yep. Or when someone lets you peel the sunburn, or when someone lets you peel their sunburned flesh. The rabbit just looks at him kind of like, uh, okay. And then he says, or masturbating without crying. Oh. <laughs> I think you've said that kind of Someday. thing before. <laughs> there are a lot of not safe for work funnies in there. <laughs> yeah. The yeah. Make sure you're working at work and not reading comics, at these comics at work. Yeah. And, uh, the artwork's pretty good. Uh, the only part that I have trouble is looking at his nipples. Because they look like actual babies. Oh, nipples. God. Oh. <laughs> oh, sick. <laughs> it's kind of jarring. Like baby bottle nipples. Baby yeah. bottle nipples, yeah. Yeah, okay, I'm glad they're to be... They're so... Oh. That's, that's going to be the first thing I think of now when I, like, feed my nephew. I'm like, oh, God. <laughs> but, yep. Legacy Control. Very cool, very cool. Nice. Where was that? That was a webcomic, you said? Yes. What was the website, you, did you say? Legacy-control.com. Legacy-control.com. He updates uh, Mondays, Wednesday, Wednesdays, and Friday. He's in Cincy? Yep. Nice. Very cool. All right. Uh, John, did you have a book you'd like to talk about? Um, yeah, I, I, um, I've, I've always got lots of books I'd like to talk about, uh, but I, I can narrow it down, I guess, to, uh, to, to one that I've been rereading uh, quite a lot recently, uh, The Dregs, um, by uh, Zach Thompson, uh, Lonnie Nadler, and Eric Zawadzki. Um, it's, kind of, it's on uh, Black Mask. Uh, so it came out, it was, it's from last year. It was a four-issue uh, miniseries, um, and it's about uh, set, set in Vancouver, so... Uh, kind of, you know, which is where I live. So it's kind of, um, it's kind of interesting to see to see it rendered there. But it's kind of about um, a homeless man who kind of uh, goes on this kind of noir investigation. Uh, and there's like the it's cannibalism is kind of like the background where all of the the homeless people in the the city are being sort of ground up and eaten by by the rich. Oh. Uh, so it's kind of like a really, really interesting kind of mix of like stories, elements and styles. And like the art is just fantastic. Um, so I think there's a trade uh, paperback version out now uh, and it's it's worth checking out. Is that a newer or older story? Uh, it's, it's well, it's from last year. So it's 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 relatively new. It's relatively new. I remember a, a Treehouse of Horror on The Simpsons years ago where the uh, the cafeteria had run out of or the school run out of money and they couldn't. Uh, by right. food, yeah. yeah. One, they yeah. start grinding kids up one at a time. <laughs> and them. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that was funny, but that sounds like an awesome. That sounds book. so cool. Yeah, it does. Yeah. What was it? The dregs, you said. Yeah, the dregs. Yeah. Very good. Very good. May I take a moment talking about that Treehouse of Horrors thing? Mm-hmm. I had to stop watching The Simpsons when I was younger because that episode gave me nightmares and it just fucked me up for a long time. Really? To this day, yeah. To this day, I have the distinct memory of I think Millhouse slipping off the edge of something and being visibly yes pureed in the blender but I went back and I watched that episode and you don't it, see it no. happen you see you see like the camera is like where the blade is and you yeah. see him fall at it and then like a spray of blood and then that's it but I remember it happening I can see it in my head his limbs being 
removed from one another. I don't, I don't know if it was a nightmare I had that invaded my memories, and now my brain can't tell the difference. How old were you? I was seven. Okay. It's like wow. that Bernstein Bears thing. Yeah. yeah. It's, uh, Mandela I effect. Yeah. I just, I, I could swear, until I watched the episode, I'd have sworn on anything that I remember that precise moment. And Wow. Yeah. All those Treehouse of Horrors, some of them are pretty... They're pretty fucked up. Pretty messed up. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I enjoyed them. I enjoyed them. I, uh... Wow, I never had that kind of, like... I never watched one, though, and was like, Whoa, wow, I can't believe they did that. That's too far. But I, I guess I didn't watch them much when I was young. No, I, I had to stop, because there was that, and then I had a dream, and I shit you not. I wish I could make this up. This is God's honest truth. I had a dream that Flanders murdered my father with an axe. Wow. <laughs> wow! Of all the characters, I know that's, that's <laughs> yeah. the thing. In retrospect, it's the ones I was like, you don't expect. Right. "That didn't make any sense." But to a child's mind, I guess it made as much sense as anything else. <laughs> oh the man, I love the conversation this comic called <laughs> "The Dregs" has, has spawned. This is amazing. I it. It's like a therapy session now. Uh, <laughs> what was that, John? It's like a therapy session now. We want <laughs> just let it all out. Very good. I'm gonna have to look into that. Okay, uh, the book I have this week is... Um, the Human Fly. The Human Fly! Uh. <laughs> Again, no, but not too far off. <laughs> I have been going back to the the well that I have tapped for web comics, which is Hiveworks. I've talked about Hiveworks on the show quite a bit within the past month or two, I think. Because it's just, they've got so many good web comics. With you, that much selection, it's hard to... You can't go wrong. I haven't found one I dislike yet. Yeah. And the one I found this week is called Spinnerette. And it's about uh, this girl named Heather Brown, and she plays, or she is, the lab assistant at a, with a scientist who studies in arachnid uh, DNA. Ooh. The setup sounded all familiar, it's, people. It's hmm. vague. <laughs> I don't know what it's conjuring. Right. Up, but. But, and as the second you start going, wait a minute, this sounds like Spider-Man, they... <laughs> She addresses it in the comic. Like, well, what would happen, sir, if I did this and this and that? And he goes, well, you're not going to get powers like Spider-Man, you know. Uh, so okay. immediately kind of meets you at the punch. Right. You know? Yeah. But um, she then, she's a klutz. And she stumbles into the ray of this big gun. And it transforms her, for sure. But she sprouts four extra arms. So she oh, now God. has six arms, you know, or two legs. A little she harder actually, to hide that. A little harder to hide, which she does ends up doing with a trench coat. But um, she's ecstatic. She loves the fact that she has these arms, and she's like, I'm going to be a superhero. And her roommate's like, we got to get to the doctor. <laughs> the fuck wrong with you? You just sprouted, you know, shit out the side of your... Tie them off and let them die. <laughs> 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 But she's like, no, she, I'm hellbent. I'm going to be a superhero. I've got these powers. So she says what she's... I'm going to call myself, uh, what was it, Sp Spider-Woman or something like that. And they're like, already been taken, obviously. Yeah. I mean, you know, you see what you're doing. She goes and buys a Venom costume, buys extra sleeves and a bunch of white gloves and boots. And she ends up looking like the Venomized version of Spider-Woman from the actual comics. But um, then is told, you know, you can't call yourself that. You can't wear this. And I never read far enough to where she changed her outfit. But on the cover of the, uh, what was it, the website or maybe even the cover of that issue, you see her in a more upgraded, more personalized outfit. But uh, you see her then on the roof of a building, like trying to shoot webs out of all six of her hands. She's like, come on, you know, Toby Maguire was able to do this. And <laughs> the harder she tries, all of a sudden she shoots a web. Just not out of her hands. Oh, not where I think it is. Yep, it's right where you think it is. Right out her ass comes the Aww. web. That makes a lot more biological sense. Yeah. Yeah. She's like, how am um, I going to be a hero if I have to sling webs with my ass? But she's determined, and she does. She jumps, slings a web out her ass, catches herself, and hits a wall. She's like, oh, that hurt, but it's okay. Tobey Maguire did the same thing. You gotta learn. <laughs> Spider-Man did the same thing. It's okay. So then uh, she actually finds a mugger. She's patrolling one night and finds a mugger, her very first uh, uh, villain she, or, or adversary. Mm -hmm. She gets down there and says, stop, you know, in the name of justice or whatever. And this mugger just turns around and just goes ape shit on her, just starts beating the ever-living <laughs> crap out of her. And 
uh, that issue ends with her calling her roommate crying. Can you come pick me up? We, I think we need to go to the doctor, you know. So, oh, geez. I loved it. It was fun. Yeah, we yeah. had a comic. I don't remember who it was. I think it was Cor- Super Corporate Heroes by Miguel uh, Guerra and Susie Diaz that maybe featured a a person who shot some kind of string out of his ass. That sounds familiar. But, uh, yeah, this was a great book. Check it out. Good art. Uh, it kind of reminded me of uh, Tina Fine's off girl art a little bit it's not maybe not quite as polished but that does not to say it doesn't look damn good it's a it's a good book it was a fun read strongly recommend it it's on uh, hiveworks.com or you can go to spinniverse.com check it out and i think that's everybody right yep so with that let's turn our attention over to john ward and talk first about scratcher john thanks again for being with us here today yeah thank you very much and this comic, uh, from the moment you send that, sent that first email, was very intriguing. Tattoos that possess their owner. And after looking at the comic, it looks like there's somewhat of like a zombie twist to this too, right? Uh, yeah, we just trying to make it uh, visual, um, you know, because you know it's a comic, so you, you know we can't really do a lot with the tattoos. Uh, Juan uh, Romero is the artist, and he does a great job, kind of uh, making that kind of panel by panel kind of transition so you kind of feel that there's movement but it's you know it's uh, uh i think it kind of just works better for us to kind of like play up that kind of uh that that more ravenous kind of zombie element sure sure it looked like there was a scene in one in the book where you could like he was looking up and you could see the tattoo like starting to creep up his neck yeah. or something it looked really yeah. freaking awesome yeah. but um i I always feel kind of nervous telling the listeners about the book because I don't want to give away any spoilers or anything. So uh, if you would, would you mind telling the listeners a little bit about the story? Uh, I think that's pretty much it. It's a, a tattoo artist who um, okay. dis- discovers <laughs> the, the, yeah, <laughs> oh, yes. the, the, yeah, buy it. Um, it's yeah, a tattoo <laughs> artist who uh, discovers that her clients are um, basically being possessed by the, t- the tattoo she's given them. So, um, yeah, she's she has to she goes after them to try and do something about it. Uh, although she's not really sure what she's going to do about it. Um, so that's kind of what it is in a nutshell. It's just kind of a small. Uh, it, so I, I wanted to tell like a horror story that was kind of um, like horrific, uh, like visually, but also kind of just sort of on that small scale about you know a, a person kind of a transition in their life. You know, they're kind of not really sure where they, where they're going and. Um, they're kind of afraid that they're going to be stuck in the dead end job um, forever, kind of thing, and they're looking for a purpose, and uh, and and so that's kind of where the the idea sort of came from, and that's kind of really what what sort of propels propels part of the the story uh, going forward. Well, it's a, it's an awesome idea, and I just absolutely love it. But I mean, where did you? How did you uh, come up with this concept? What what inspired this? I, I can't, it's been kicking around in my head actually for a long time since since I was a kid and I was still living in England. Uh, you know, we went for a period in England where like everybody everybody was getting tattoos. Um, typically, they were you know exactly the same tattoos. You know, like Celtic bands or you know barbed wire around the arms and stuff. Um, <laughs> And I had a lot of friends who were tattoo artists and, you know, they were amazingly sort of gifted uh, artists, but they were basically stuck in uh, positions where they're just tattooing crappy tattoos on people. And and it's it just struck me as being odd that people were kind of claiming their individuality by doing exactly the same thing that everybody else around them was doing. Everyone (laughs) had tattoos and I was kind kind of just thinking it's kind of a weird, weird sort of. Uh, it's a weird sort of thing to 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 see, and then I was just you know idly sort of sort of thinking about well you know how do you turn that against people kind of like their individuality kind of what if there's kind of like a, a consciousness that's kind of controlling them kind of thing so it, it kind of was sort of festering for quite some time before I actually sort of uh, got it to sort of this version of the story, um, but yeah that's kind of that's kind of where it came from um, so. Yeah, just kind of seeing what was what was happening in the UK at that time. I, I've seen different things with tattoos before. Like, wasn't it like in uh, Hannibal? What was the prequel to Hannibal? Like Red Dragon. Red Dragon. Yeah. Wasn't there something to do with his tattoo? Like, it was in his representative beliefs? of his weird complex he had, like what he was trying to have possessed yeah, him he, or he, something. He and... was he's trying to metamorphose in some way. He thought he was becoming something. You know, right. Something. Hmm. 
It's a great concept. I just love what you've done with it best. I, it's, it's awesome. I, I tell you what, if people were in danger of being possessed by the spirit of their tattoos, we'd have millions of women in this country floating around on butterfly wings <laughs> or from little, their ass. Ass. Yeah. <laughs> little dinky angel wings that can't carry them i remember remember you might remember late 90s uh early 2000s the thing for all the uh Un- misunderstood teenagers was to get the barcode on the back of oh, your neck yeah. i always uh, wanted yeah, that because yeah. i i thought i made that up but because i always wanted to get something like that i'm glad i never did because Oh, yeah. It's probably better that way. It was everywhere. I knew some people that had it. And I would think now, I mean, I've got some tattoos, and after, see, I've had the one now for about 12 years, and it's parts of it are bleeding together. So a box with all these little lines close to each other is just going to come out yeah. looking like a black box uh, yeah. after yeah. Yeah. not that long a time. But And then you, you want to make a statement about your individuality by turning yourself into a serial co- I, just, I don't know it just seems yeah. misguided be at the grocery store watch this yeah. <laughs> oh I'm sorry it says this item is worthless <laughs> <laughs> oh my god you laugh because I'm different oh yeah I if I had that way. tattoo I would be so scanning myself at the grocery store to oh, see yeah. oh asparagus <laughs> I would at least be sure you're something cool right Oh, I certainly wouldn't be. Jack wouldn't Daniels. Be. Oh, that'd be tight. <laughs> yeah. I'd be like broccoli or Box something. Box of tampons. <laughs> yeah, that's what I would be. That's what I would K-Y be. K-Y right? douche. <laughs> I was actually thinking that earlier. I was like, no, but if you're going to say it, I'm going to latch right on. It's been said. No, I saw that you can get uh, this comic at uh, arbitusfilms.com. Also on Comixology. Is there anywhere else we ought to be sending people to check out uh, Scratcher? Uh, no, that's it right now. It's just a uh, comicsology is probably the best bet. Okay. Now, I also had noticed on your website and in your email, you had uh, also said uh, you're a what television writer? Is that correct? Yeah, yeah, that's what uh, that's what I'm doing up here. Do you mind uh, me trying ad- to... asking at all what you write? I'm very curious. I'm sort of cornering the market in like highly unsuccessful TV pitches right now. So uh, <laughs> that's. Uh, <laughs> So that, that's that's kind of I, I mostly write um, I mostly write uh, crime or sci-fi uh, or, or sci-fi crime or um, you know, some other mix of those uh, those two fight. genres. Yeah, crime yeah, fight. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, that's, that's pretty much uh, what I what I've been uh, what I've been pitching. You really couldn't be writing crime at a better time. I mean, like crime and murder mystery kind of stuff oh, is dude, like at the uh, pinnacle. Yeah. This is the golden age of yeah. people's interest in that kind for of thing. sure. For sure. Yeah, no, yeah I, it is. Also said you're a podcaster. You are a fellow podcaster. Uh, yeah, I uh, I host a podcast here where I basically interview more successful uh, Canadian writers uh, to sort of figure <laughs> out you know uh, what their secret is and uh, and why I'm why I'm failing uh, and. <laughs> Uh, it, you know, it just there's a lot of there's a lot of great podcasts out out there, and um, there's just not a lot of Canadian podcasts. So uh, I just wanted to do something that was kind of a little bit, you know, a little bit different, kind of focusing on sort of our more local creators. Uh, so I've been, you know, uh, speaking with TV writers, film writers, and started moving into doing uh, like producers and directors, um, and uh, you know, just just chatting a lot about sort of the process of like how they uh, approach storytelling. And then, sort of, you know, uh, trying to figure out, uh, you know, what 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 are the failures that kind of they've had that kind of lead to success? Um, because it's kind of weird that we we celebrate success so often, but we don't really talk about failure. And uh, I think, you know, we learn a lot more by failing, you know, than we do by through success. So, Absolutely. Oh, yeah. So that's kind of really what my podcast is about. It's about it's about writing and failing. Uh, <laughs> Uh, so, uh, so yeah, this is, that's what I've been doing for the past year. So I think I've got like about 25 episodes done uh, uh, that are up. So you can uh, get those on my website uh, and like iTunes or wherever you want um, to get them from. What's the uh, name of the show? Uh, it's I, I, I was trying to be clever and I ended up with like a really kind of like dubiously uh, terrible title. It's called the 49 Degrees North Writers Podcast. Um, so it doesn't really stick in the memory that, that well, but uh, uh, I like it. Yeah, cool. uh, yeah. I just, you know, just want to think of something that sort of spoke to it—the Canadiana of it. Right, hey, right. Let this day be the first of a grand alliance between a Canadian and American podcasts. Hey, I am down. Yeah. Yep. Develop the great North American podcasting network. <laughs> respecting no borders between our two countries. If I had the capabilities, boy, I certainly would. I'd love to do something like that. It'd be cool. 
Yeah. Well, I cannot wait to check your show out. It sounds like it's a lot of fun. And I mean, those are the kind of shows that I think people uh, gravitate toward because, like you're saying, you know, we're talking about our failures and that's where the lesson typically comes from. And people, yeah. there are so many people who go to podcasts for how to, you know. Uh, yeah, yeah. So that's a great idea. I can't wait to listen to it. Yeah. All right. Is there anything else, John, that uh, you, you seem like a man of many talents? Anything <laughs> under your belt we should be uh, talking about? Uh, I, I don't know if a man of many talents, like uh, some talents, uh, maybe. Um, I, I, I'm always kind of uh, working on different different uh, things. So um, I think I mean, Scratcher right now is kind of like taking up uh, a lot of my creative energy. So um, th- that's kind of kind of the main thing. I've got a few other uh, projects and, and some anthology work that's that's going to be coming out later this year, hopefully, um, and, and hopefully uh, TV at some point. Sure, sure. Well, we're going to be rooting for you, and uh, everyone should go to arbitusfilms.com and uh, over to Comixology to check out Scratcher and just everything uh, John is about. John, I want to thank you so much for being on the show with us today. It's been a hell of a lot of fun, man. Yeah, it's been great. Thank you for having me. Jack, what do we have on the website? Go to candairpodcast.com where you can see show highlights, guest info, listen to the show, follow us on all our social media, click our merch page, our merch button to get some merch. Check out our special guest page. Check out our YouTube page. And if you'd like to be a guest and promote your work, send us an email on our contacts page. And don't forget, that is at CannedAirPod on Twitter and at Canned underscore Air on Instagram. Underscore. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, yeah, Patreon. Do it. Support us and we will provide you with quality entertainment. That's a guarantee. And I think we might as well just say, I mean, we're going to start having uh, the Wizard World promo codes oh, and yeah. uh, commercials coming back. We're getting that all worked out. So uh, you boys here at Candare are going to be getting you a little bit of a discount in your Wizard World tickets. Every little bit Something helps. Something we love to do. Mm-hmm. Especially at a convention, every little bit helps. Because yeah. like, uh, it can be pricey. So why not get some money off? Indeed. Compliments of your boys over at Candare, right? Yep. And, and lady. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. But uh, is there anything else, gentlemen? We've got to tell them how to get that discount. Well, once we, we get that code. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I think that's where you're going to. Well, I don't want to tell them yet until uh, until it's worked out. But uh, I guess we can. It's the same as it's always been. Just can dare, lowercase, no space, right? Mm-hmm. There it is. And I would, I would like to leave us on this note. I believe it was Ben Franklin who once said, you need to either do something worth writing about or write something worth reading. And if you can't do either of those things... Start a podcast called Candor. <laughs> <laughs> and on that note, I am Jeremy Colley. I'm Jack Doherty. I'm Jake Runyon. I'm Abby Potter. I'm John Ward. Thanks for listening, everyone. Be sure to get outside immediately. And once outside, get on CandarePodcast.com. Well, thanks for the tip, Blowtorch, but just one question. What about the fire? And no one is half the battle. G.I. Joe! Is that good? Yeah. Yeah, no, that was good. How uh, is that I a newer, down. older yeah. story? Sorry? My name is Cindy Burnett, and each week I interview at least two traditionally published authors on my podcast, Thoughts from a Page. We talk spoiler-free about their books, so you can listen whether you have read the book or not. And then we delve into things that you most likely won't hear about anywhere else. The importance of the cover design, why they included various aspects of the story, personal details about both the books and the author's lives, and so much more. You can find the podcast on every major platform and learn more about it on my website, thoughtsfromapage.com. Thanks so much for checking it out.